Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us, and we're going to talk about it. My name is Jay Kyle Mann, and I am here, per usual, with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. It's good. To, it's good that you're here. I'm glad that you're here. I uh, I was I was just wondering to myself, how is Kyle Tucker? Wonder what he's up to. Wonder what he's thinking about. Wonder what his hopes and fears are. Uh, I, I wonder just, who he works for. He never says it. Yeah, he never ever ever says it, and it's just a mystery, and it's been bothering me. I just was kind of curious. Yeah. I'm glad What's, to answer that mystery for you. Yeah, yeah. What you been up to on this fine evening, my man? Been working on a few things. Got a couple stories in the hopper. Uh, one of them in the Hapa. One of them I think I'll be done with and it'll be published uh, by the time we, well, a couple of them maybe, uh, by the time we record on Thursday Boring. for Friday. So that'll be good. Uh, one of the stories will be partially we'll be talking about today. Big, big time recruit getting ready to make his decision. And it's probably not the one that everybody's thinking of. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's uh, that's going to be interesting to talk about. We'll table that. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about something. Well, let's just run it down here. We're gonna today. We're going to talk about big news in UK football in terms of uh, a player getting eligible to play, an impact player, and then we're going to talk about a little more UK recruiting two days in a row. I know how much you guys love recruiting, and then the UK basketball schedule in terms of the conference schedule has uh, taken shape. So we know where and when teams are going to be, uh, Kentucky's going to be playing. So we're going to kind of talk about some of the highlights from that. But first, uh, Kentucky football. Talk about this. Uh, I mean, every, I think everybody kind of kind of knew about Xavier Peters. I'm assume I'm going to assume you pronounce it Xavier. It's not Xavier. I think it's, just, I think it's just Xavier. It's Xavier. Just okay. Xavier, like the school. Yeah. Right. 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 Okay. So uh, Xavier Peters gets eligible, and uh, he's a six four, two hundred thirty five pound uh, outside linebacker from Middletown, Ohio. What do you know about uh, Xavier Peters? What can you tell them? What have you heard? Well, it's the uh, Vince Merrow strikes again. Uh, he either gets the Ohio kids out of high school or the ones that get away, he gets them later down the road. He stays connected. Um, Xavier Peters, one of those kids, he, com- I believe, committed to Kentucky. It was a big-time deal when he committed to Kentucky, then decommitted from Kentucky, went to Florida State. Can't really fault him for that. Florida State, however, has not been – what you think of when you think of Florida State football the last couple of years. Uh, this year, they've gotten off to a disastrous start. Um, yes, they have. And, you know, he played very sparingly. He only played in a couple games. He has, I think, two career tackles. I mean, two, two tackles last year as a freshman. Um, and then he transferred here, and the reason, was, uh, the reason he gave the NCAA was to be closer to his son, uh, which is, I think, a, a viable reason. Um, where he's from is not far from uh, Lexington. Uh, I think he they stated a pretty strong case to be eligible to make him eligible immediately. They had to wait a long time though. I mean, we're two games into the season and he still didn't know. I mean, most of these cases have been decided by now. You know, if it's like if you're a star quarterback at a, a blue blood program, it gets done almost immediately. Seems like uh, it. You know, it's a little different standard. For some other guys, it seems like. But nonetheless, he finally did 
get approved, uh, uh, got cleared to play this season. So well, he uh, he almost flipped at one point, though. I mean, this has kind of been kind of similar to the Jaron Williams situation, right? Like he the whole way, it seemed like it was possible that he was going to end up at Kentucky, right? Because he had committed to Florida State, and wasn't there chatter? I mean, it's been a year and a half ago, I guess, that he was uh, going to flip to Kentucky. I feel like I well, he was that. committed to Kentucky first. Oh, and he fl- uh, he flipped, and flipped, then yeah, maybe was yeah. going to flip back. Yeah, possibly. maybe. Yeah. I, it's I don't I can't keep These up with kids, all that drama. Man. <laughs> but uh, but he you know but he had a pretty viable reason to come back and so um, or to come back this way and um, so good for him. He got he got uh, cleared. It's a pretty big deal for Kentucky, even if it's even if not for this year. Uh, so much, I think, for next year because he, I think, they ultimately view him as an impact player. Um, I, I think it's appropriate to caution, you know, over excitement about what this means for the defense, like tomorrow and and you know in the next few weeks. Even though he was a highly ranked guy, that's why people were excited. Not just because he had a Florida State uniform on at one point, but he was a four star recruit. He was two four seven Sports composite had him the number twelve outside linebacker in the country. You know, one of, would be one of the highest rated guys. You know, high school guys Kentucky's gotten, um, and so that's a big deal. But he has he's yet to do any you know do much with that on the college field. Uh, he also you know didn't get to Kentucky till this summer. Uh, they've, you know, from my understanding, kind of not for any merit-based reasons necessarily, but demoted him to second and third string, I think more third string, um, because they didn't know if they'd have him, you know, available this year. And you don't waste reps on somebody that, you know, could have to step into the game if you don't know if he can step into the game. So uh, I think there'll be a little bit of a learning curve for him. But I mean, he's going to be a guy who'll be able to rush the passer. He looks great. I mean, physically, he looks every bit like a, you know, like a guy who would be ranked where he was as a recruit, like a guy who'd play linebacker at Florida State and play play linebacker in the SEC. Um, this is a team that's, you know, in life after Josh Allen, and so they're trying to uh, figure out what that looks like. So um, for all those reasons, it, it is a big deal. I just. I don't think like Saturday against Florida, he's going to come in and be you know a superstar, right? Uh, and he, may, and I mean, maybe he redshirted. He redshirted last year, so he's a redshirt freshman technically, right? So he's going to. Uh, have... Yeah, I guess he is. If he only played in two games, uh, you know, you you can play in four games now with the new rule, yeah. uh, and technically redshirt. So yeah, he's got a lot of eligibility left. Um, you know, and the, one of the things I tweeted out is like this underscores this announcement just sort of serves as a reminder of like how on paper loaded their defense is going to be next year. I mean, almost across the board, that defense is going to be all former four and five star recruits. Um, and even some of the backups. I mean, so it's they, not like he's they've just never had that before. In and, and have like a, a job. I mean, it's not like he's just going to be in years past. A guy like this would be like, can he play Saturday? You know, when can he? When can, well, when can he play? But yeah, it's I kinda, mean, Kentucky's got depth, and it seems like they've got you know for the years to come, they're going to have that depth too. Well, they've got right now. They've got Jordan Wright and Josh Pascal and DeAndre Square and and. Uh, Boogie Watson and Chris Oates, all these linebackers are, they've all had a sack already <laughs> this season. Right. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, cons- they were uh, pretty highly regarded recruits, most of them. They're all um, promising freshmen and sophomores, mostly. Boogie Watson's a junior. Um, 
who who are already you know well versed in the defense. So he will certainly have to earn his spot. But I do think um, he's a guy you could put out there just af- and from a physical, uh, physically impressive, athletically gifted standpoint. You could throw him out there on obvious passing, you know, third and long situations where the the mission is just go get the quarterback. Um, and he could be sort of a specialist, at least initially. Uh, you'll take that guy all day long, certainly, to, to bolster your defense. And in the SEC, guys get hurt. So if somebody gets hurt, I think you see a lot more of Xavier Peters. So th- it, it's certainly good news. It's not a one-for-one. One. I almost said sort of cycle the circle of life, but it's not really a one-for-one one to lose Terry Wilson in the same week at a backup linebacker. But but no, you know, not they'll really take, the same. But they'll take some good news certainly on a week where they got really, really bad news. For sure, yeah. And I mean, it, there's there's a lot of questions that kind of come into a play when it into into play when a guy transfers at this time of the year. It's like how you know how good of a sh- how good a shape is he staying in? Because you know, co- we you and I have talked a lot. I, I try to get away from doing this. Uh, Phil Sims thing where where I talk about what we've talked about, <laughs> but <laughs> but we've talked about just in high major sports, man. I mean, it's like you you're out a week and you're out of shape, so it's it's going to come down to that. How good a shape is he in? Because like we said, the competition is pretty stiff on the team, and and also uh, it does kind of make you wonder. I always wonder whenever players change teams and it's kind of known that it's getting ready to happen. I wonder how much communication has already gone on like how much are the coaches trying to prep him before he gets here uh you know schematically to kind of let it to, to ease his transition as much as possible but i guess there's probably what are the contact rules are they are they very strict when it comes to transfers what do you know about that well yeah i mean like you can't tamper i mean until until the kid is like announced you know put himself in the tra- that's the whole reason they have the transfer portal but if like he's they, in the portal know, yeah, I mean, once I think I I don't honestly I should be more versed in this I'm not but like I think honestly once they're in the portal they've they have opened themselves up to be re-recruited. Yeah. Um I believe. I mean that's the re- the reason they're in there is to let colleges know like I'm on the market. So yeah. I think at that point you can have contact and and probably there's a whole set of rules that apply to what kind of contact and how often and all that but um, you're not supposed to be tampering, you know, like Vince Merrill would, would not have been allowed to be like texting the guy every week at Florida state going like, see, you're still not playing, but you yeah, sure that I'm, I'm sure that doesn't go on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it never happens. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but, but, uh, nonetheless, I mean, I'm not accusing Vince of that. I'm just saying in college in, in, in the, in, in all of college football, it would be pretty shocking if somewhere, some, uh, in some situations that's not, uh, not playing out, but you know, I think the way you do that within the rules, and I think it's something that Vince Merrill has done with a bunch of different guys. As I said, he either gets them right away or he gets them down the road. A lot of times uh, is one, he's still going to their high schools and recruiting the next wave of guys. And he stays in touch with those people. He's staying in touch with their coach. And, you know, he's saying like, Hey, if any of the, you know, X, Y, and Z (laughs) aren't happy, let me know. You know, I want to be the first to know. Do you get the sense that Vince Merrill, when he was like in the dating world, like when he was, you know, way younger, he like if he was, you know, dating somebody, he would just kind of keep winking at the other chicks just in case something <laughs> happened. Hey, yeah. hey, maybe not today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe not today, but someday. Uh, I was going to say, rightly or wrongly, I always imagine the transfer portal being like the uh, the Stargate, that like from that Kurt Russell movie. You know, I just it's imagine- hard. It's hard I, when they say the word transfer portal and not envision some sort of sci-fi, yeah, uh, alien. You know, tra- going into a different dimension type. I just. 
I just meant I just think of like a, a player like Xavier Peters and French Stewart stepping into the because he's in that movie. If anybody remembers, uh, let's do, let's let's talk about some friends of ours at uh, Grassroots Pharmacy. Now, Grassroots Pharmacy is a locally owned independent pharmacy looking to change your idea of what a pharmacy is supposed to be. They place a strong focus on nutrition, supplementation, and alternative therapies like CBD oil. Uh, their pharmacists know there's nothing more important than your family's well-being, so they're going to take the time to get to know you, explain your medication, and answer any questions that you might have. And they are going to accept most insurance plans, including Medicare. Uh, They are located at 2304 Sir Barton Way in Hamburg Pavilion. And they're located at the four-way stop next to Best Buy on the parking lot side where Regal Cinemas is. So you can buy your electronics, go see a movie, and then hit the pharmacy. They are open Monday through Friday, 8 8 to 6 p.m., 8 in the morning to 6 p.m. They're open on Saturday, 10 to 3. Website is grassrootspharmacy.com, and you can call them if you need to at 859-263-1382. So we we talked about John Calipari on the very first visit of the very first day of this open period going to see Cade Cunningham on yesterday's episode, and we, we talked a little bit about the big... Uh, decision coming up uh, on Saturday, the announcement of, um, well, now I've just completely lost my Terrence Clark. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Uh, announcing uh, on Saturday, but they're actually going to, and Kentucky is, is the odds on favorite to get Terrence Clark. Uh, and it's pretty newsworthy that they're now in the mix with Cade Cunningham again, but there, there's going to be a guy that's going to supersede all of that news. Uh, Lance Ware, who is a ranked number thirty-two in the two four seven sports super, composite? Supersede not in terms of talent because he's he's like by far the third best player in the. Yes, no, just he's <laughs> yeah. he's gonna he's gonna he's going to steal sort of the news uh, for a few days. Sure, uh, yeah. six nine power forward out of Camden, New Jersey, and uh, he's gonna. Uh, the word came down today that he is going to. Uh, make an announcement on Thursday. Um, as you're listening, we're recording on Tuesday night. You're probably listening to this uh, on Wednesday. So about a day away from pro- almost certainly Kentucky's next uh, commitment. And the the interesting thing about him in the context of those other guys we mentioned, uh, Cal, I believe, visited three players on the first day of the opening period. One was Cade Cunningham, who's a no- the number two t- player in the class of 2020 and his number one overall target. He then went and saw Terrence Clark, the number three player in 2021, who they are likely to get this weekend, who is likely to reclassify to 2020 and and remain a top five player. And the third player was Lance Ware. Um, He and Kenny Payne did an in-home visit with Lance Ware. um, And then a day later, it comes out that he's ready to make his decision. He's recently uh, been on visits to Ohio State and Michigan. He was supposed to still visit Providence and Miami, uh, but he's going to go ahead and make his decision all every single sign points to Lance Ware picking Kentucky. Um, it's kind of been Kentucky for a while, right? I mean, that's kind of been we've we've been hearing this. I mean, yeah, I, I first yeah. remember hearing about this. I mean, it's been a couple months ago, so it's kind of been. Yeah, he's a guy who who played really well at Peach Jam. Uh, uh, Fourteen and a half points, six and a half rebounds, two and a half blocks at Peach Jam. Uh, got an offer from Kentucky shortly thereafter. Uh, they've been on his radar for much longer, um, and and the reason that everybody's just like it's been obvious that it was going to be Kentucky. There's a lot of reasons, but uh, primarily there's a ton of connections 
to Kentucky and Calipari and uh, Lance Ware. Um, Arthur Barclay, who played for Cal at Memphis, is one yeah. of Ware's high school assistant coaches. From Camden, um, New Jersey, played with Dewan Wagner on the same right, team. Right, played with Dewan Wagner, who also played with Cal at Memphis. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I'm fairly certain that Lance Ware is familiar with Dewan Wagner, uh, who, by the way, has a kid who's going to be a recruit coming up at some point. Don't say stuff like that. Don't say stuff like that. Because <laughs> I just, I feel like I'm just like on on a on a like a, a roller going towards the grave when you say stuff like that. And I think de- I think I'm like kind of like I think kind of like LeBron with Bronny. I think I think they call him uh, Wani. I think they call him Wani Wagner. Maybe Wani um, Wagner. That's th- great. It's kind of cool. Uh, but then the other connection, Purvis Ellison. Uh, helped coach Ware at Peach Jam in AAU this summer. And obviously, Purvis Ellison is Kenny Payne's uh, former UofL teammate and one of his best friends. Um, and so there's a whole lot of reasons, a lot of signs pointing to this being Kentucky and, and reasons why Lance Ware would know a lot about Kentucky and uh, be interested in them. So I, I think it's a you know, a, a pretty big deal because right now they have a great class brewing, but they don't have any big men. He will be the first big man in the class. I think they're also in great shape with Isaiah Jackson. From what I hear, yes, yes. Who's just visited Kentucky, and he's a top 25 player. So, you know, they're probably going to get at least those two guys, two top 35-ish um, players in the post uh, to go with what is already a bunch of good wings. They they have B.J. Boston, a five-star. They have Cameron Fletcher, a four-star. They are probably adding uh, Terrence, Terrence Clark, Clark on Saturday, and who will reclassify at some point. He's a top-five player, another wing. Cade Cunningham seeming less likely, but uh, we're kind of hearing – but We're hearing in, that UNC is, but uh, yeah, the word the word going around is that UNC is is sort of in the driver's seat for that, but it doesn't mean it's over. You never, yeah, we've so, seen a so lot of things happen. So the way things are shaping up, I guess what I would say is, really, Kentucky needs a point guard, uh, and so that Cade Cunningham is is the the dream for them, and they're going to continue pursuing that because it, it it's not as set in stone now that he is going to follow his brother to Oklahoma State. Uh, and then the, I think the other option there um, uh, is that they get a kid to reclassify Devin Askew um, from the 2021 20, class that they're in really good shape with, a top 15 player. So all signs really uh, right now would say they're going to have a really well-rounded class. With a, They're going to end up with a point guard. They're going to have two to three, re- well, three really good wings, at least a couple really good big guys. Um, and then the question will be, where will the shooting come from? Because none of that, nobody that they're in great shape with or already have committed is a dead-eye proven shooter. Uh, my my current inclination is that they're going to have to hope that one or two of the guys this year come back, a Johnny Juzang, a Emmanuel Quickly, uh, or else go get a grad transfer. But the only thing missing, I think, in, in the way this class is shaping up is they don't seem to have a shooter, and I don't think they're going to necessarily – get one uh i yeah I, I would encourage people to be uh patient with where i think that he's sort of uh, a little bit more of a uh, not a project like he's a guy with some ball skills but um uh, you know a big a big lefty um you know maybe not quite as like athletic as ej just think of like maybe a little less athletic slightly less skilled version of ej maybe closer to Sasha, Sasha Kalea Jones, sort of maybe closer to that. Um, I don't know. In the in the stats I was looking at, he's he was 48 percent from the field and fifty six percent from the line. So you know, I don't think that we're talking about a sharpshooter 
But I think uh, he only attempted one three pointer in mm-hmm. eighteen EYBL games. So he's yeah. not a he's not a stretch four, at least not no. at this moment. So no, no. So all righty. So uh, after this, we're going to uh, talk about UK schedule. We'll do that in a moment. All right, so uh, UK sent out the official uh, conference schedule. What that's going to look like? Um, some the SEC is interesting. You know, they lost a lot. You know, at some of the some of the bigger, more competitive teams. Uh, you know, Kentucky obviously reloaded, uh, but some there's some there's some interesting shift here. Um, you know, I'll just go through some of the games that jump out to me. The, the most obvious one, I think the biggest name player that's coming into the league this year is Anthony Edwards for Georgia, uh, who is you know considered one of the big-time bucket getters in his class, a guy that almost certainly wouldn't even be going to college if he didn't have to, uh, a really, really great player. Nick Claxton didn't come back, but I think something that people are overlooking is the fact that uh, Georgia didn't just get Edwards. They, they got the 10th class overall. Uh, they added uh, four four-stars in addition to Edwards uh, in Christian Brown, Jaquan Walton, Severe Wheeler, and Tamani Kamara. Uh, and Rodney Howard is a pretty good player. He's 6'10", also a three-star. Um, Georgia Georgia going to be pretty good, pretty fun, I think. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they in Florida um, probably upgraded their roster more than anybody not named Kentucky, um, you know, did the closest thing to a Kentucky reload. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida is is got, uh, I mean, Florida really really reloaded. They they added Scotty Lewis and Trey Mann to McDonald's All Americans, who I think are going to be terrific. A top fifty big man, Omar Payne, and then the you know the the most well known one to Kentucky folks, uh, they got Blackshear, Kerry Blackshear. Uh, junior, the huge, huge grad transfer, and they returned Andrew Nimhard. So, mm-hmm. you know, they—that's a preseason top ten team, a potential Final Four team. That—that's the other team that really loaded up on talent. Uh, one thing I, I would note, I think the 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 thing I always look for when the SEC schedule comes out is who they play twice, uh, and they play Vanderbilt. Uh, I don't think interesting with Jerry Stackhouse, but should not be. At all, a challenge. Totally forgot about Stackhouse. <laughs> yeah. He is so he is such an interesting pick for the Vanderbilt brand. I love yes. it. That is, I like it too. But he, he to this point, he has not made a big splash in recruiting. He hasn't really. Well, yeah, that's reeled true. anybody he's, in yet, and that's why you get a guy like Jerry Stackhouse. It's trying to have the the penny effect, and that's true. Uh, he's you know, he's a hard ass dude. Stackhouse yeah. is pretty pretty well respected in the coaching ranks. I mean, he's like a coach's coach. You know. I yeah, I think yeah. he already. I don't know if it was Pippen's kid. He was recruiting both Pippen and Kenyon Martin's kids. I think he had Martin's son committed, and maybe Martin's son has decided to go play overseas instead. I can't huh. remember. But, Sierra um, Canyon kids, basically, right? Yeah. I would say he's boys with Kenyon Martin, and I, I'd imagine that maybe is the connection there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, they play Vanderbilt. They play Georgia with Anthony Edwards in that great recruiting class twice. Uh, they play Auburn twice, February 1st on the road, February 29th at home. Auburn going to be um, interesting. I, I think people are, are overlooking that a little bit. They did lose Bryce Brown, Jared Harper, Dunbar, and Chuma, but they added Isaac Okoro, who's a pretty great player, and uh, also Tyrell Jones, another four-star, and Jalen Williams, another four-star, 20th yeah. ranked class. So. I mean, and Austin uh, Wiley's back, too. Right, Auburn's going to keep – keep playing with and they have about about five guys who were legitimate contributors on a final four team so um and some energy guys from that team i i think they'll continue to be good under bruce pearl they play tennessee twice 
February 8th on the road, March 3rd at home. Uh, Tennessee's another team, really good team, ranked number one for part of the year last year, you know, was, was good enough to make a Final Four but didn't. They lost Admiral Schofield, Grant Williams, and, and Jordan Bone, three draft picks. Three of the better uh, players in the history of the school. Honestly. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. A two-time SEC Player of the Year, Grant Williams. But they, they have Lamont Turner and Jordan Bowden, uh, Jordan Bowden back mm-hmm. um, from last year. They were major uh, – they were starters. They were, you know, major contributors to that team. And then they added – They Rick Barnes finally got his, you know, big-time recruit. He, he had not made a big splash in recruiting. He got a McDonald's All-American, Josiah James. Um, so I think Tennessee will still be good. They're not going to be what they were, but they'll still be good. Uh, and then they play Florida twice uh, is the last team they play twice, February 22nd at home, and they end the regular season March 7th in Gainesville. I've already told you sort of what um, what Florida added, number eight recruiting class plus uh, Blackshear. Yeah. I expect I think- them to be really, really good. And then they only play LSU once. It's on the road February 18th. Yeah, uh, and LSU added a uh, a pretty a pretty solid player in. Uh, well, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, Watford, uh, Trent and Watford. Watford. Yeah. yeah, I was going to tell people. Um, I, I would really really key in on. There's going to be. Scotty Lewis is a highlight machine. I've said this on other podcasts, but I would think that people people should really check him out. He he reminds me of Spider Man. He just does ridiculous like. His flexible. body is his body is like a is sort of like a, a Gumby type guy. He's, he's a he long is made legged, of, long arms. Yeah, he does. He's like a flying squirrel. He seriously, I don't think that his <laughs> he is like no bone density. He floats. I, it's incredible. So yeah. people should watch him. And I think that they kind of cleaned out. The, the other last thing I wanted to say about them is, uh, you know, I think that Kayvon Allen and Jalen Hudson were were good players, but they were just good enough that they were in the way. So I think that maybe uh, kind of maybe not great locker room guys either. Yeah, and I think that they just never quite lived up. They they regressed a little bit. So it felt like they were around forever. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so uh, I was interested to ask you about well, what do you think about the fact? Another one is Kyra Lewis is another really interesting player in the in conference too. That Yeah, yeah. yeah. He'll be a ripe 18-year-old sophomore this year. Yeah. Uh, Texas Tech is sitting there in the middle of the conference schedule. They're going to be going. That's part of the the Big 12 SEC thing, uh, a road game at Texas Tech. What do you think about that one? I'm I'm kind of thrilled about it. It's like one of those trips you would never make unless something like this happened in the the challenge. Uh, It's unfortunate it's not last year's Texas Tech, the national runner-up. They lost Jarrett Culver and a ton of dudes. I mean, they lost like eight major contributors off that team uh kind of the guts of the team but they are expected to be good again one thing i was going to run down real quick just kind of picking at random one one of the people i respect and doing uh the the way too early top 25s rob douster at nbc sports has one that was updated after all the transfers and all the recruiting stuff was done uh pretty recently this summer from that top 25 here are the teams. He has Kentucky number two, which is higher, I think, than most people. Um, most people have them three, four, five. But mm-hmm. uh, Kentucky's going to play number one Michigan State on opening night, which has Cassius Winston and Josh Langford. Those are guys, by the way, top 35 guys who signed in 2016 with Miles Bridges. Yeah, that's insane. That's like that's what Kentucky fans dream of, like having elite players stay that long. Cassius Winston has a chance to be one of the like handful ever of 
2,000-point, 1,000-assist guys in college basketball. Rare, rare company. I mean, they um, basically return most of their team. I don't think that they're bringing Nick Ward back, but they right. return a lot of the team that knocked off Duke in that regional final. And they add a couple top 100 guys, including the best name in college basketball this season, Rocket Watts. Um, yeah, what a good name. It's so good. They play opening. I mean, what a what a fantastic opening night game, one versus two. Uh, they also play from his top 25, uh, number six, Louisville. Uh, which signed a McDonald's All-American, Samuel Williams, and uh, the Montrez Herald clone, Aiden Ikihan, uh top 100 local kid, David Johnson. Louisville's going to be really good. Uh, I think nine. Louisville is going to be good. I really do. That's going to be – they're going to be scrappy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, they they were better than expected last year. More than scrappy. Ep- they're going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if not for an epic collapse, they beat that Duke team. You know, I mean, they were they were taking it <laughs> – they were taking Duke to the woodshed. Man, uh, can I say one thing I always think about in that game is can you imagine being a Louisville fan in, like, the home stretch of that game? Because they get – they were getting super lit that night in that arena. Oh, yeah. And, and for them to – for the – because as late as that comeback happened, can you just imagine the drunken fans coming? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure that during a timeout when they were up like 25, people just went and just pounded hard liquor in that arena, and it was a bad, <laughs> bad hangover the next day. Um, but I'll, let me breeze through these now. Yeah, go so, for it. One Michigan State, six Louisville, nine Texas Tech. Even with all they lost, ten Florida, nineteen LSU, uh, Florida twice, number ten Florida twice. Uh, 22 Auburn twice, 23 Tennessee twice, and interestingly, t- Ohio State 25th on that list. They play Ohio State uh, in Vegas during their their trip where they play Utah on the, the 18th and Ohio State on the 21st out in Las Vegas. So that adds up to 11 games against Rob's top 25. Yeah. Uh, that's a strong, strong schedule. They've, there, there's been some griping about the schedule. I was just thinking about that, that Vegas trip. That's going to be one of those like, hate my life. Well, the, none of those kids can't aren't supposed to drink, so <laughs> yeah. I guess it's going to be a little different for them. They're going to be in the basketball world, probably not on the strip really. But I can't imagine because yeah. the Ohio State game comes second or first on that trip. Uh, second, second. Ugh, yeah, yeah. So they play Wednesday, Saturday, and so you're going to get out there probably. They they'll probably get out there on like Monday night and not go home till saturday night or sunday i mean it's almost a full week in vegas which is way too much like vegas is a three-day maximum city i yeah. think for for i think we would all agree so. i've gotten to the point where it's like 48 hours it's like yeah. i i can't really do a whole lot more than that but yeah 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 but uh anyway that'll be an interesting lead up to christmas but it, it's a it's a I, I mean people are griping about the home schedule but the actual overall schedule will be Ridiculous, and it's really the home non-conference schedule because you're going to get uh, Florida at home, Auburn at home, Tennessee at home, um, Louisville at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it, it's really not bad. Yeah, the, the overall of- schedule. It's just but like November and December, there won't be a thing worth watching that happens except for the Louisville game and Rupp Arena. Well, football will be, you know, heading for their eighth, ninth, tenth wins, so that'll keep everybody sure. busy, right? So, uh, all righty. I wanted to go ahead and say, too, um, like like we we always say, uh, like uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at jkyleman. He is at Kyle Tucker slash or underscore ATH, right? At Correct. Kyle Tucker <laughs> underscore ATH. Uh, also, I was going to say, if you have any submissions for Tuck Everblasting, if you have anybody that you would like Kyle <laughs> to blast 
just send that to us, tweet it at us, and uh, and let us know. Like Kyle said, he's got some stuff coming out. I'm, I'm working on some NBA stuff that I'm going to be finishing up, and I'll put all that stuff out there. But uh, uh, we'll be right back at you tomorrow with uh, whatever the, the news du jour is. And uh, Kyle, you want to add anything else? That's it. I'm good. All righty. Sounds good. We'll talk to you later. See ya. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.